0: time now for the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: yes yes welcome in to tim and boy also known as balloon party here on 101 espn we're gonna bring it in like strong yeah, yeah. jackson what's the lead today note okay
2: okay it's the note. How could it not be? I mean,
1: well, I mean, I think it has been, even with the Cardinals starting the season minus opening day. But yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, this is a heater. Let me be honest. I want to be honest with the audience because this is also known as honesty in media. Absolutely. It's got a, just a diversified set of title names. I was thinking yesterday, and I don't know what everybody else was thinking. You can text in 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. Leave a mic drop. I told Jackson, we'll play a mic drop right at the end of TMA. I said, use the 101 ESPN app and leave a Rhino Shield mic drop. So here is my honesty. I was thinking after the Blues had to go to overtime, a bit of a surprising development on Saturday afternoon against the Wild, got the two points, kind of a shame that the Wild were able to get one point, but whatever, they got the two points. And they get into the playoffs I'm thinking to myself, all right, now you got to go play Nashville, get on a plane, kind of a late afternoon game. Might not necessarily be as locked in as you were for this big showdown with the Wild. And then I saw the Blues were minus 110. And I was thinking to myself, I kind of feel like I need to bet the Predators. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bet the Predators. right? But as an investor, if I see an edge i have an obligation to my board to make us money i make picks you make money that's right i make picks you, you make, make money. money but then i held off and i held off and i didn't make the play and oh my was i handsomely rewarded now it doesn't mean that i was right i was 100 percent wrong but just because I didn't make the play, I feel like I won mm-hmm. because I loved taking the Predators. Not because I think they're better. I think the Blues. I just thought the way that things stacked up, you have this intensity for this Saturday game. And then you got to get on a play. You got to go play a team that's desperate. The Blues aren't in a desperate mode. They clinch the playoff spot. And then you see what happens in the second period. History is made in the second period. Sweet mother of pearl. I mean, my goodness. Jackson, mm-hmm. the second period, sweet the- mother of pearl is what I said while you were drinking a beverage and looking off into the sunset. That's what I just noticed when I looked up,
2: yep, seven goals how do you got how you gonna quantify that? seven goals you in count one period them. right I mean, what's if yeah, you're Nashville, that. how do you explain it if you're Nashville, you know, <laughs> but you Gotta be better. I mean,
1: the uh, not Machine. Put put the shoe on the other foot. If you are if you are if this were the Blues and the Predators had just clinched their playoff spot and you're hosting a, a team that you might not think is as locked in and you're fighting for your life and you get worked over like that, I would imagine if there is a station in Nashville focused on the Nashville Predators at this very moment the listeners are beside themselves right? because you would think that you would get that one. So the Predators now are 11 points back of the blues and they are tied with Dallas, 11 points back of the blues. Dallas has played 75. The Predators have played 76 and the blues just stomp them like they did. Kind of a bad beat that the wild were able to come back uh, against the sharks and win in overtime. So the blues are net one point on the wild. And I think if we were to talk with people in, Minneapolis, St. Paul, talk with Blues fans, and we were just to analyze this mathematically, the Wild are very fortunate they only lost a point to the Blues over the weekend. That very well could have been, slash should have been, the Blues picking up four and the Wild picking up zero, and at that point putting Minnesota in a really tough spot to get home ice. So for Minnesota to only lose one net point to the Blues over the weekend, considering the way the Blues dominated the first couple of periods against Minnesota and then absolutely put on a clinic in the second period. I mean a history-making clinic in the second period in Nashville. And Minnesota's playing and also ran in San Jose and they have to go to overtime. That is a bad beat. But nonetheless, the Blues now sitting at 102 points with 6 games remaining. Minnesota sitting at 101 points with 7 games remaining. The thing is, for as well as the Blues have played at home, the Wild have played Uh, just as well, if not better. So while the Blues have dominated Minnesota, that home ice does have material value. So while there isn't going to be a whole lot of drama as to the playoffs, it is all but a mathematical certainty that the Blues and Wild will be meeting in the first round. That is super rare with a couple weeks in the season left, or I guess 11 days in the season left to be exact. Uh, The Blues and the Wild, who will have home ice, is still to be determined. Jackson, you posed the question in what you call Lil' Texas Friday Parlay. Uh huh. What the probability is of the Blues advancing to the Western Conference Finals, yep. meaning they would win two rounds of the playoffs. Your answer when you posed your question in Lil' Texas Friday Parlay, mm-hmm. at the time on Friday, before the Blues beat the Wild, before the Blues put on the clinic to beat the Predators was 15%. My answer was 20%. I ask you now, with new information, What is your percentage?
2: 24%.
1: Oh, okay. I was going 25%. You went up a full nine points.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to play the Avalanche, which you'll have to get beat to go to the Western Conference Finals. Most likely. Yeah. Don't know
1: it, but most likely.
2: It's going to be a high scoring, and they've proven that they can score and score a lot, so... I think that's a really good sign for things to come.
1: Seven goals in a period. It's unbelievable. Seven goals in a period, especially considering all the hockey they've been playing. And we had just talked about uh, Jeremy Rutherford's column in The Athletic on, on Friday, talking with members of the Blues alumni on if this is the deepest offense the Blues have had in their history. And statistically, it is actually, based on the way that they calculated it, the third. So it's something else. And it is super fun to watch. And considering three weeks ago, you're sitting there going, I don't want to say you, I don't want to say you, Jackson, I don't want to say you in the audience, but I'm going to say me. I'm sitting there going, if they lose to the Canucks, I think we're going to have a really awkward month of April. Mm -hmm. And they haven't lost a game in regulation. Uh, since that game. Well, they didn't lose that game since the game before against Carolina. This has just been an absolute heater. And when it happens at this time of year, when you're only two weeks away from the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it can't help but get you fired up. I'm so fired up. I wish they started today. But alas, uh, the Blues getting all four points this weekend against a team that they're battling with for the second spot in the Central and against a team that's fighting for its life to get into the playoffs. At this point, the Canucks have put themselves back in the mix by winning five in a row. Uh, VGK is uh, kind of uh, in the spot where they're going to have to get on their horse and uh, close in on Nashville and Dallas. They are four points back. Vancouver's still alive by winning five in a row. They're sitting at 84 points. And once again, Dallas and Nashville at 91 points, but the Blues sitting there at 102 points, and have clinched a spot. And barring a miracle, they are playing Minnesota. It's just a matter of whether that series will start in St. Louis or if that series will start in St. Paul. Your thoughts are welcome on the weekend that was for the Blues. Anything stand out as especially incredible or maybe you could find something that you didn't necessarily like. I would imagine two goal leads going away in the third period Saturday would be be something that people would circle. But when you have the performance that you have overall, Hard to be disappointed. Six five seven eight zero. Uh, guys, uh, the Blues is the lead. Are okay, but St. Louis's own Jason Tatum won on a buzzer beater. That's from the three one four. Now, Jackson, I notice you're nodding, even though you are the one who said that the Blues were the lead, and you said it was really kind of a no brainer.
2: Oh, I don't think that the Tatum buzzer beater was the lead, but certainly very noteworthy. Huge. I mean, massive for a guy to at his age to have the wherewithal to spin there at the end instead of going to Kyrie, which has certainly been a charge, spinning and making the layup to win the game. Spin,
1: spin, sugar, 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 spin, spin, sugar,
2: sugar. To beat Brooklyn, first game, pivotal game, huge.
1: The real question isn't how do you explain it if you're Nashville. The question is how does Jackson explain it when he didn't even watch the game? Thanks, that's from the 618.
2: Well, this this previous weekend is...
1: You're, You're about to issue a statement, I can tell.
2: You know, Christmas in April, really. First week of the NBA playoffs. Why is is... that?
1: You're a huge fan of the RBC Heritage, and you like to see the players handle the 14th hole on Sunday with that pin placement.
2: Nah, it's the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. Oh,
1: sweet mother of mercy.
2: The best players in the world playing 100%, so it's my favorite time of the year.
1: Uh, let's see. What's the ratio between Blues goals Jackson witnessed in 90s G League games Jackson watched this weekend on YouTube? Yeah, it may playoffs
2: were on? Why would I be watching? I mean, first of all, the G League wasn't around. It would have been the D League, and I think that started in the early 2000s.
1: Over-under on how many Reese's eggs Lil Tex ate yesterday. I'm guessing four and a half. Zero? Zero. Is that right? Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Didn't have any Reese's eggs. No. Nope.
1: Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. This is a nice question. If it were directed toward me and the over-under was super right on, I don't know how you count them. Yeah. Because I had one large one,
2: uh-huh.
1: and when I enter it to, into my fitness pal and I'm entering in 170 calories for something that took me like a second and a half to eat.
2: Right. Good efficiency. Uh,
1: oh, and like 30 <laughs> carbohydrates for his fat crap as I am and monitoring all this stuff, it, the self-loathing peaks. Yeah. But then there are these two tiny little eggs that I had as well.
2: Which fit better in your hand.
1: They right? do because I have the tiniest of hand. I mean, right. just like little pincers. Sure. And uh, and those were 70 apiece. So do you count the one that's 170 as one or do you count it as two? I Either count way, I guess two. we're going under.
2: yeah. Uh, I think I'm might telling the you, big
1: ones too. I know Randy ate that uh, <laughs> one pound Easter bunny Reese's peanut butter bunny last week on right. the air. Michelle calls it the bunny challenge yeah. and he ate it in 58 minutes. I'm pretty sure it was 2300 calories. I'm pretty sure I could do that. Yeah. Once I start having those things, too. It, get, it can get out of hand quickly. Well, then I'm like Chris Rock in New Jack City over the, the crack pipe. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't put this thing down. Yeah, it is am, delicious. I'm staring at it and weeping like I've got to put down the Reese's bag because I'm going to keep eating them, and then I just accumulate just calories and carbohydrates and sugar right before I'm going to bed, and I am and I experience a great deal of self-loathing. So that was a nice question from the 636. The answer Jackson 0, I I guess we're going to count it as 4. Mm-hmm. We're going to count it as 4 uh, on my end. Uh, guys, I pulled a Jackson and watched the Bulls-Bucks and not one second of the Blues game. Hashtag Jackson Hole. That's from Eric in the Central West End.
2: That wasn't as fun of a game, but I respect it. Do what you want. Everyone, if you, if you like watching the Blues, please. By all means.
1: Most positive, I uh, have to search for negatives. But if I had one critique, it would be letting foot off the gas, gave away a point on Saturday, outscored in the third period yesterday. That's from the 636. I don't fault the one yesterday. can't even think about the one yesterday. But uh, with regards to Saturday, I mean, yeah, I, listen, you win, you're happy about that. But uh, the way that it went down, up 3-1 and then 5-3, and then you go, oh, I got a point. That point could really matter, you know? I don't think it was necessarily a case of letting up but when you're up by two different two-goal leads in the third period and you're having to scrap for that extra point that would have been a real ball breaker on Saturday if they would have lost that thing in overtime that would have smarted mm-hmm. you know what I mean oh, that yeah. one that one would have smarted and you might I don't know if you would have seen the kind of performance you see yesterday afternoon if you, if you if you would have seen what you saw good point on uh, on Saturday if the blues don't get the win In overtime, but instead they do, and here they sit with six games remaining, a point up on Minnesota, who has seven games remaining. All right, the Cardinals spent uh, four games in Milwaukee. The first real test of the season is in the books. I can't recognize these Pirates and Royals games as being the same as the teams that are actually competing this year. Uh, And so we got a little bit of insight on the Cardinals. Albert Pujols doing work. He is 19 home runs away. We will talk about the Cardinals and the weekend that was in Milwaukee on the other side of the commercial break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
0: We are right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome back. Tim and Boy with you here on 101 ESPN, also known as Lil Tex and Hot Love, uh, talked about the Blues and the weekend of success for the Blues in the first segment. Talking Cardinals now here in the second segment. Jackson, uh the fighting cardinals are uh, eight games into the season, a couple rainouts in there. But now half of those games have been played against the Brewers, the team that, that is the favorite to win the National League Central. Milwaukee is 5-5, five and five, Cardinals 5-3. Five and three. When I say what stands out to you most about the Cardinals at this point in the season, what do you say? Nolan Arnaz. Uh, That's uh, the right I mean, answer. I mean heater. I am raking
2: like we haven't seen from him in a long time. Well, and, and not to say that he's been bad in previous years, but this is like... These are crazy. This is like his full potential. He nearly
1: shipped a hater in the eighth. I know. Right? <laughs> Ninth, excuse me. The right. Cardinals nearly got to the Brewers in the eighth. Uh, but uh, just phenomenal, his numbers at this point. The man's 13 for 30. Unbelievable. With five doubles, four home runs, 12 RBIs, 30 total bases. Second place on the Cardinals, just to give some context, is uh, Tommy Edmond. And that's because he has three home runs with 19 total bases. There's 12 of them right there. So, uh, Arenado's OPS is 1.514. Absolute, absolute heater. And he's pounding the baseball. Right.
2: It's not just like he's getting blue pits. He the baseball. he's getting great cuts at it. I mean, he he even hit one off the bat the other day that dropped into uh, left field for a double. I mean, he is clobbering the baseball at the moment.
1: Uh, all right, give me something negative.
2: Starting pitching, rotation depth—that's what I'd say. Rotation depth, because if Wayno doesn't have a good start,
1: he's had two starts, one of them bad, one of them great.
2: Right, and one of them versus a team that might be Quad A, the other team, the second, the other good team in the Central.
1: Stephen so Matz with a good start this week. Stephen yeah. Matz with a good start, super important too. a low scoring game.
2: Michaelis looked okay. So some of the things that we might have been concerned—I mean, obviously we're still in very small sample size theater with all of this stuff, but uh, the starting pitching, rotation depth, and then the fifth starter is also a big question mark.
1: So, the Cardinals 5-3 and three on the season after they split with the Brewers. Stephen Matz gets the win in a 2-1 game on Saturday. They were in position to come back, and w- man, I'll tell you, you win the final three games of that series and you come back like they would have uh, had they been able to get that uh that final run in the uh, eighth inning, which looked like it was possible. Uh, the Cardinals are in a spot where they are in the ninth inning, excuse me, uh, with Arnado against Hader. The Cardinals are in a spot where you are now six and two, and you've taken three of four at Milwaukee. What a, what a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, Josh Hader gets the save, his fourth on the season. Dakota Hudson, the loss. Uh, as far as fun with Albert Pujols, it just continues. He hits another home run yesterday, shipped it, three-run home run for Albert Pujols. And now, Jackson, uh, what does that put him at for our tote board to get to 700? 681, 19, 19 to go. 19 away. 19 away.
2: He can do it. I mean, he. I think he can absolutely. The I, way know he's he can.
1: I know he can. I know. And the thing is, he's not just like... It's not just like he's swinging for home runs. He's ripping line drives as well. Sometimes at at people, but sometimes are base hits. And, of course, two of them at this point, home runs. This is not a ceremonial welcome back. We're going to just play you to get people in the stands. Right. As I've said 100 times now, they're going to market like crazy around it. But they're going to market the Wainwright-Molina farewell tour, even though Wainwright says it's not necessarily the end From And I understand that. That's business. But as far as baseball goes, he is going to be a big contributor to the Cardinals in 2022. If he were the first baseman, problems. But as the DH, it's the absolute perfect role. And so, man, I feel like this is a question we're going to be going back and forth on throughout the course of the season, at least until it gets to a point mathematically where it seems obvious whether it's yes or no, and that is he gets to 700. Yeah. And I think at this pace, he's right on the pace to get there. 100%. It's crazy.
2: 100%. He can absolutely. And like uh, the two home runs he's hit have just been classic swings from Albert. Stuff you would, if you showed it to me and said this was from 2008, I'd say sure. Because, I mean, he just looks really, really comfortable, especially against lefties.
1: It's a shame Goldschmidt's not firing on all cylinders at the moment. Yeah. I mean, uh, he tends to be a slow right. starter, even though he had a good spring. He tends right. to be a slow starter. And that is carrying over into this regular season, and that is a shame because I think if he's even 75% of what you would expect him to be, right around mid-May is when he tends to heat up, it seems, um, the Cardinals win three of those games. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he is uh, not on. Paul DeYoung is continuing to get most of the activity at shortstop. Yeah. I expected that to be the case yep. based on what my understanding is and was of the one of the reasons for the fallout between the Cardinals and Mike Schilt. And there he is, and so far not a whole lot doing. It is super small sample size, but unlike Goldschmidt, where there's a track record where you would feel like it's going to bounce back, with Young, you wonder if this is just an indication of what we have seen recently and if it's going to continue throughout 2022. Offensively, uh, the story is what Arenado's doing. Also, Tommy Edmund, who had a bad spring.
2: Right, exactly. And yep. he's flipped it. And he, I mean, the homer, I think on Friday, where he just turned on it. Great swing, and I think another great thing is to see offensive production coming out of Kisner too, because you know he's going to get a lot of starts with Yadi, uh, you know, in his age. So to see him be effective on offense is super nice. You know, that's a because you know if you're going to the ball game, you don't see Yachty, It kind of sucks, but if the guy's replacing him can hit, no foul play there.
1: Four game split Milwaukee, I'll take that all season long. Absolutely. You can text in six five seven eight zero, and I'm I'm adamant we will have a, a Rhino Shield mic drop today. Now, you might have look. to remind me. No, no. I'll keep uh, reading. We were a run away from winning the series versus the Brewers, all with Goldschmidt having his usual quiet April. Watch out for the birds in the second half. That's from the 314. I would say that, but I just, you know, the goal. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if right now, if I'm buying stock in players, I'll buy up Paul Goldschmidt all day long. As a matter of fact, uh, my fantasy baseball squad. I don't know who in our league. Jackson. We have like a thirty-team league, so I don't know most of the people in our league. Yeah, it's a TMA league. Um, but whoever has Goldschmidt, I'd trade right now.
2: I Think Doug has him.
1: Oh, it's tough to get a deal done with Doug. I think I might be wrong. I Doug. think Doug has him. But I'll I'll, I'll overpay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm no known doubt. as an overpayer when it comes right. to trades. Buy low. Well. Uh, let's see. I went to the game on. Oh, this is about the Blues. Uh, I went to the game on Saturday. The Blues came out flat, and the Wild were notably more active. Blues kicked it in a gear and then looked out of gas, and like they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. That's from the six one eight. Well, that's usually, unfortunately, the recipe when you're up three one and five three, and then it winds up in overtime. Uh, guys, the Cardinals are on a hundred win pace, by the way. That's from the six one eight. Well, it's early. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really big on just taking things and then multiplying them based on eight games in, because if that's the case, we're going to have a ceremony for Nolan Arenado passing Barry Bonds at, at some point in <laughs> like August. What
2: you about to say, <laughs> late July maybe.
1: <laughs> Paul DeYoung is not good enough, and when this comes into caps, I try to read with more right, passion. Right. No, yeah. no, no, you're, yeah. you're a broadcaster. All right. yep. Even though I didn't graduate from mm-hmm. Missouri Journalism School. Paul DeYoung is not good enough. Thank God the Blues sat Bennington, even though he has a bid contract. I believe that meant big, and that comes from Lisa. Uh, Lisa, I got to be honest with you. I, I agree with you, and I apologize that I uh, read the what was most likely an autocorrect. Tim Ashby struck up pools on all breaking balls in the first pools makes adjustment crushes Ashby's breaking ball and is yep. next at bat vintage pools. That's when the three or four exactly That's a thing.. Yep. He's kind of going thinking, man here. And I kind of like when I see because Wainwright's a totally different pitcher right now than he was 100%. a decade ago. But yep. you got to do that. Here's an obscure one for you, Jackson. There's no way you remember it because you were four when it happened. But after Derek Kyle passed in 2002, Andy Bennis had retired, actually, wow. earlier in the season, like in May. Seemingly not in a great necessarily, I don't know, state of mind with both the Cardinals and him and him and the Cardinals. Daryl Kyle, and he was pitching terribly, too. He doesn't retire if he's pitching well. Daryl Kyle passes away in June. Bennis comes back, and he reinvents himself, and he's like uh, just throwing a variety. He's pitching. That, that, he's not throwing. He's pitching. Sure. And he becomes the key Cardinal pitcher. They, they won only one game in that NLCS, and it was an Andy Bennis day game start against the Giants in San Francisco. Pujols is adjusting. Yep. It's like Tiger talking about, I can't get my body in the same angles I could 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, so I have to adjust. Yep. And you adjust with what you have to work with. And so Albert Pujols made the adjustment. Ashby goes back to the well. That was a bit of a mistake. I mean, I, from my standpoint, you kind of got to think he is going to be yeah. thinking setting the trap, right. and then he ships it. Three-run home run. How do you do?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, that – you know, a guy like him now out of his prime needs to make those adjustments and needs to be more cerebral with his at bats, and he has proven that he can be. And you know, I would like to see him in the lineup a little
1: more. I was hoping he'd go out with me. Thanks. That's from the recovering alcoholic from Belleville and Webster Groves. I don't know who the he is he's talking about, but uh, what a what a wonderful sentiment. Uh, you are welcome to follow up on that. Uh, six five seven eight zero. Uh, let's see how long until we see Gorman. Gorman at second. Edmund at short. Yeah. My answer to that, I'll answer it. I can tell you're going into the tank, not for a while. With with respect to that alignment, and by mm-hmm. that I mean Gorman at second, Edmund at short. They're going to give Paul the Young a chance. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that's just I, I. Now, perhaps in a couple of weeks, if he's still kind of fumbling around like he is right now, uh, then maybe you will start to see the Huso Binnington move that we saw here a couple months ago. But with regards to DeYoung and his opportunities, I don't think they're anywhere close to pulling the plug on him. So uh, I, I don't think you might, might, maybe you'll see Gorman, but for different reasons. But you're not going to see Gorman to move Edmund to short at this point. I think they're going to give Paul DeYoung opportunity after opportunity, at least in the month of April. Your yeah, thoughts?
2: I'd have to think that if there's no injuries, you probably wouldn't see Gorman until after the All-Star break. And even if then. You know, there's no guarantee he'd come up this year. If there's an injury, especially in the middle infield, uh, the possibility you bring him up because he's raking right now, but you never know how that translates to big league ball.
1: I badly want DeYoung to shove it up all your negative, and then he uses a profanity that I believe is a violation of FCC regulations. And I just... I can't violate FCC regulations.
2: I think we all want DeYoung to play really well. He's a good guy, really intelligent. It's just at the moment he's not hitting.
1: No, I uh, I do badly want Paul DeYoung to shove it up all your negative A. And then yeah, I, I golf holes. I
2: I I want him to hit really well too. I don't think anyone's like rooting against him. Good dude, super intelligent. Just at the moment. He's not looking like the shortstop. that
1: Tim, what? All of 2021 wasn't enough? OMG, Lisa's back. Lisa, you and I are on the same page. My biggest issue in the offseason was that I was looking at the the situation. Molina, Wainwright, most likely there last year, thinking the Cardinals may bring in Pujols for the reunion tour and then go all in with one of these shortstops that were out there. And because you have two spots in the lineup that you know are questionable at best, assuming Yadi or Molina is the catcher that day. and mm-hmm. that's De young and that's Molina. And that is why with the surplus of shortstops available, I would have liked to have seen them do that. and I was thinking that they were going to do that and I was wrong. And the reason that they didn't do it, I believe, is because they want to see if they can have value with the Young's contract at shortstop and then solve the problem that way. So that is a, a core issue, and that's one that I disagree with. But I would love to be wrong.
2: Right. Sometimes exactly. you want to be wrong. Hundred percent on this. I'm not sold on executive. Eli
1: Drinkwitz. I'm I'm the rare Missouri fan who is really buying in to Dennis Gates, uh-huh. but not sold on Eli Drinkwitz. I right. can see a lot of people being, oh, I'm high on Drinkwitz and Gates, but I want to be wrong. Sure. On Drinkwitz, sure. I want to be wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I wrote a column in 2012 about how I think the end is here for Gary Pinkle and it's time for Missouri to part ways. And what do he do a year later? He takes some, a win away from the national championship. Yeah. So it's not like I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just giving you my honest opinion. Right. Because the nice thing is I don't really have to kiss anybody's ring. I don't work for anybody. Trust right. me, nobody wants to hire me. So it's fine. <laughs> so when you when you hear me talk, I don't have to go, oh, I hope they think it's okay. I don't care. This is what I think. And I've been watching St. Louis sports for 40 years, so I kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about with points of reference. And from that standpoint, uh, Paul DeYoung has been bad for a while. He'll have pops here and there, but when you have the opportunity that you had from the selection that you had with the free agents this offseason at shortstop, and you had money coming off the books like you did this offseason for the Cardinals, and you want to go out with a bang, at least I thought you did, with Wainwright, Molina, and pools in their final year, I would have liked to have seen them done something. And then at that point, that lineup is absolutely sick. Yeah. But instead, you have two spots that when they're popping up, yes, inevitably, they will get hits. That's right. the math. They'll get hits probably about 20% of the time. I'm able to do that math. But are they going to be threats? Right. No. At this point, that's not the way Yachty or Molina is offensively, and it's not the way Paul DeYoung has been for a while. So that is my reasoning. Other people, and I think way more people actually, would have rather seen the Cardinals take that money and spend it on starting pitching. Sure. When Steven Matz was signed, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm really excited about it. Not because I thought, great, now the Cardinals have an ace. I thought, oh, good, the Cardinals will have a nice four or five man. Right. That'll be fun. Thinking that there would be more. And then that was it, yeah. outside of the Pujols signing right at the end of spring. And I don't think anybody was expecting that to be it. And if you were, tip of the cap, you were right. I was wrong. Uh, let's see. Thanks, guys, for the fun. Have a great day. That's from Lisa. Tip of the cap to you, Lisa. Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Uh, what is this texture talking about? DeYoung's been bad for three years. That's from the 314. I would extend it back. I don't know if you were counting 2020. It's kind of a weird spot. But I remember the 2019 postseason. And you just, if anything, honestly, I felt badly for him. I felt badly for him. Yeah. Because it was just so clear. And and on top of it, like we were talking about with Pools and Ashby, you knew it was coming, and he couldn't hit it. Right. And that was what was just so sad you had. The fact that the Cardinals got to the NLCS with Fowler, DeYoung, and Bader all really, for the most part, incapable of hitting at that point in the year is an absolute miracle. Right uh de young is garbage why not so great question the answer is the cardinals i, I believe the cardinals are committing to de young now that's not to say that they will be doing this for the whole season but out of the gate this is exactly what i expected them to do right and it's all unfortunately about what i expected de young to do at this point tim and fanboy is there a possible chance the Cardinals would be the team to try to resurrect Trevor Bauer? That's from the 314. I don't know what they're going to do with Trevor Bauer.
2: Yeah, he's in a weird spot.
1: Well, baseball's in a weird spot. Right. Baseball's in a weird spot cuz yeah. he's going to contend this. He's not just going oh, to yeah. agree, oh, you yeah. know. He's... So that's where baseball is going to get. There was a great column in the Wall Street Journal this weekend about it. Uh, the Wall Street Journal's baseball coverage is really good. Guy named Jared Diamond. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, is that. really good, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe he wrote about it. If I'm not mistaken, I know it was in my Twitter timeline about uh, how baseball is in a weird spot because usually, uh, when they suspend somebody, uh, they kind of come to an agreement. It's like a guilty plea. Well, sure. Bauer isn't going to plead guilty. No, plead guilty. So you got a weird spot on that. He's still in court. Yeah. Uh, Guys, the walks are still hunting us in 2022, I see. The walked-in run was the difference in yesterday's game. That's from the 3-1-4. From the 5-7-3, the bullpen has been solid to say the least. I would agree with that. I'm all saying over the weekend, we got the best bullpen in the game.
2: Yep, as long as they can stay healthy and... Keep that depth, and that would be a real strong suit. And every both the 06 and '11 teams had great bullpens, even when when they weren't the best teams.
1: We are late for a break, aren't we? Yes, we are. Gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm just not used to it.
2: It's all right. It's been we four months, takes. and I'm
1: still not used to it. We're
2: just takes.
1: I apologize. All right, uh, we'll take a commercial break. Uh, Jackson's got his questions here. A couple have caught my eye, uh, and then so what? Did your grandma think? What do we have? Is it from the? Is it from the association?
2: Oh yeah a really good one, though. And it happened yesterday.
1: Well, it's from NBA and you're hyping it. It's just a bad idea on your part. Yeah, I know, but... Alright, so what'd your grandma think also coming up? You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
0: we are right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 1, 2, 3, 4! Right, let's get right to this
1: text. Sure. And it was sent in as if I think it was. There's a chance that it was written before you even began your SportsCenter Center update. Right. Just from a time-space continuum.
2: Right. Wormhole was created. Correct.
1: Pardon my French, but the Blues score seven in one period, and Pujols homers, and this asshat still thinks we want to hear about the NBA. <laughs> well.
2: If you listen to the update, both of those things were mentioned, so I don't know but where the But there was the
1: lead. Be. There was the lead. The lead was Jason Tatum. Yeah. The Blues have won nine in a row. There's six games left in the regular season. This is the station where you'll be able to listen to the Blues and uh, take on the Bruins tomorrow night. Pre-game at 6 p.m. And Albert Pools hits its home run of the Cardinals split with Milwaukee. And the lead was Jason Tatum.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I really didn't put much thought into it. I just, you know, kind of threw it together oh, no, and no, said... No, at this point. Now
1: you're just inviting it. <laughs> I don't so, know. You know, you know. I might have to distance myself from you. I might have to be like Paul Sorvino and railing yeah, on that. Now you got to turn your back on now me. Now i got to turn my back on you.
2: Yeah, well, I'd understand. I'd, I'd clear out of me if I, if I were you, but...
1: I don't even know what that means.
2: Well, I just thought Tatum... I thought pe- the people wanted to know. I'm sure that they probably were watching already, but if they weren't watching, just give a little update. Almost a little play-by-play.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. I, I also noticed that you were clearly doing a resume reel clip there, and doing play by play of his basket with a little more than a second left. Yeah, that was nice. Heavy play, really was. It's like Chick Hearn was here. Yeah, <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, how's the uh, how's the mic drop? I invited mic drops. Six five seven eight zero. None today. No. Didn't catch one. Today. No. No. Rhino Shield mic drop. Pitch out. Nobody going. All right. I invited them.
2: Yeah. I bet we'll get some that come in the afternoon. We can play tomorrow.
1: But like for another for other shows.
2: No, we can't do that. But uh, maybe topics from today for or people even... who
1: podcast. Courtesy of the great people at Dobbs Tire and Auto right. Center. Listen, cycle you... on. They cycle off. They do. They do indeed. All right, uh, Action Jackson, uh, you are welcome to get involved on this show. 65780, Six, Air Comfort Service text. Line and BK and Ferrario coming your way at the top of the hour. Jam-packed day with the Cardinals splitting with the Brewers and the Blues on the heater that they are on. And I would imagine it'll be two weeks from Wednesday and probably a 9 o'clock start. Maybe 8.45. And
2: so it always no, seems to go.
1: 8 It'll be said to be 8.30, and then we all internally go you know, 8.44 or something. Right. yeah. The way I've handled that for years, at this point, we can complain about it all we want. It's not going to change. And that is, for me, having to get up at 5 in the morning. I get up, and I don't look at my phone Mm -hmm. at all, and I settle in with my coffee, and that's when I watch the first round of the Blues playoff games at around 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And I don't look at social media, so then that way I have no—so I'm basically watching it live right. because that is the thrill of the whole thing, to get up and go, oh, good, the Blues won or, oh, no, the Blues lost, and then just click on the highlight package. That is, that, that's cheating yourself out of the rush that is playoff hockey. So for those of you who, like me, have to get up super early and choose to try to keep your schedule somewhat regular—and uh, I know some people say it's playoff hockey— soft just stay up i respect that i understand it uh with a two-month-old and a four-year-old and getting up at 4 30 or 5 in the morning it's just a bad bad situation to set up especially if it winds up going a couple of months so that's the way that i handle it i would much rather be able to stay up and watch the whole thing with everybody just like live and and that would be wonderful but it's just probably not the way it's gonna happen so inevitably when the schedule comes out and the blues and Wild are playing and the game starts at 8 45 I will echo your complaints but we are basically just barking at the moon Jackson it ain't gonna change I
2: hear that yeah it
1: That's ain't gonna change right but guys the NHL takes the st. Louis viewership for granted I, well, I understand that. The thing is, although I know that if I were to tweet that out, I would get lots and lots of likes, the reality is they do this, and if you're in the Central Division and you are not in the East Coast or West Coast, you are going to be in a bad spot, and that's just the way that it is because it even happened when the Blues were playing the Blackhawks. And Chicago's the third largest market in the country and probably a much better hockey market than L.A., and Chicago would be stuck with those late times. If you recall when the Blues were playing them, I believe one of the Blackhawks broadcasters was complaining about it during a call, which was great. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because when you're in Chicago, you're like, you're messing with us?
2: Right, third biggest market in the the country. It's craziness.
1: Uh, Guys, just tuned into the show late. FML, but people should be happy about Jason Tatum hitting a game-winning shot last night. It may be the NBA, but he's a local. I mean, if we claim to be the best sports city, it's one of the three and four. There you go, Jackson. There's some support for you.
2: Right, it just continues the... The, por- the porous narrative that the SDL doesn't care about the NBA. But we'll keep running with
1: it. Um, so I can't wait for it, though, because it's coming up, and now you know it's going to happen, and now you pretty much know the opponent will have some bad blood going. Mm-hmm. And then it could set up a Jim Dandy in the second round if it can get past the wild. Yeah. I mean,
2: what a second round it would be, Tim, if they could take on. And what would you say that the day, the game overs would be? Getting near seven? They would get
1: near seven for real. I would imagine they'd have to be getting near seven for how many points or how many goals the Blues put up and how many goals the the Avalanche put up if that were to happen. Plenty of fireworks. Uh, Let's see. Um, I will say Google does good at game recaps. Well, I agree with that. I think that's actually how Jackson watches the Blues. That's right. But from a playoff, put yourself, if you can, put yourself in the playoff mindset and, and maybe you can. Maybe you can feel in your core. Jackson, you see me over here? Yeah. Okay? I am... What I'm doing right now is I'm caressing my lower rib. Yeah. Okay? Yep. And then also my six-pack. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. caressing it here in the 101 ESPN studios. And what I feel is the anxiety that comes with when the puck is in the blue zone Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, on the PK and they're trailing by one and it's the third period and you feel like the game and then therefore the series is hanging in the balance and then they clear the puck and you exhale. Right. Can you feel that with me in the audience? Cause then you can relate to what I'm talking about. And if you get up and you flip on the Google clip of the 10 minute highlight package, They're not going to show the Blues clearing the puck in that PK. Well, you are therefore cheating yourself out of the Stanley Cup playoff experience. So I would rather, even though I agree with the text, I agree that they do a hell of a job. I would rather wake up early, enjoy my coffee, no children running around, and no texts or emails, and I get to just watch it. I can't look at my phone. That's fine. And then I can experience the relief of when the puck is cleared on the penalty kill in the second period when the Blues are down one or in the third, whatever the case might be. That is part of the Stanley Cup playoff experience. And when I talk about that anxiety, that feeling in your gut, people know what I'm talking about. That feeling you had when the Game 7 against the Stars went to oh. a second overtime. Oh. And I recall my wife saying, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And I'm like, Seriously? oh, we getting a divorce? <laughs> She No, it's game.
2: Right. It is. It, it, you can't really replicate it. There's no like replication in any other sport comparatively to playoff hockey. It's truly amazing.
1: Jackson, the fast lanes producer, was literally quoting the broadcast the other day. That's true dedication to St. Louis. I'm standing right now and applauding that text. Nice. Jackson, keep up the NBA drops. Thanks. That's from Fungo. You bet. Tim, does that strategy change of the Blues make the conference finals or cup finals? Yes, it does. However, I think we all—now, by the way, I feel like I'm already late. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just can't do this. <laughs> I get going, and it's just like there's no way I can break. Yeah. Um, yes, it does. The answer to your question is yes, it does. Uh, I just I just deal with it. Well, the cup finals are totally different things. They're not going to start those things at 9 o'clock. Right, yeah. These things—
2: the playoff games can get a little. When they crazy. played the
1: Sharks, if I'm not mistaken, two of the three games in San Jose were on weekends. I'm virtually certain in 2019. I
2: have a feeling one of them. It was like a Friday Sunday
1: well, deal. One was an afternoon. Yeah, that was maybe a, two or I afternoons. think it was a
2: Sunday afternoon. I almost feel like that was the case.
1: It is plowed through those boys on uh, that was the famous i believe evander kane okay. what if didn't evander kane hit, hit the goalpost
2: right if he didn't hit the goal post. my then...
1: goodness how much time was spent on evander kane and his goalpost now much more spent on evander kane yeah. and other things but <laughs> at the time it was evander kane and the goalpost all right we got a break it's balloon party 101
0: we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn Sometimes, the media asks bad questions, like... Congratulations. Uh, oh. Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Or... What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? What's that? And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match, me, you and I? that's, gonna that's gonna a clown question, bro. Now, it's time for...
2: So, what's your grandma think? Bye.
1: I asked for a new uh, open last week. What was the time frame on that?
2: We're in the lab by the end of the week. Lab
1: we'll and back week. to the lab again. Yo. All right. So what do we have here? This is yesterday. This is fresh from today's yeah, headlines. Yeah.
2: Kyrie, his former team. He was getting it from the fans. And a reporter asked him a question, and Kyrie answered uh, just how Kyrie would answer.
0: To that point, do you feel like the hostility that you get still?
2: Let's not. Let's not focus on this. Like, ask me questions about the game. Like, from it's a, not about the fans. The no, fans aren't a, playing. From
0: a basketball standpoint, yeah. Do you feel like the hostility you get? There's
2: no hostility, bro. It's basketball.
0: Well, you were flicking some people off. I'd say that's some hostility.
2: From what? What, what point? Are you well, guessing that that's hostility? or like well, Hostility for me know, is like growing
0: been, up. Well, we've never seen that from you this season where you are running down the floor flicking people off. It's the first time you actually caught it because it's a big time game. I respond in different ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to focus on that. If you want to ask me questions about
2: the fans, go ask them. Go on the street and ask them questions, all right?
0: But I'm asking from your perspective, from a basketball perspective, do you feel like the hostility that you get. It's not from hostility, fans, bro. Do you feel like the energy you get from fans in this building brings Embrace out it. the best from you?
2: Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it. Nice.
0: Clip that
1: off. The dark side, embrace it. I didn't have a problem with the reporter or with Kyrie there.
2: No, not really. I mean, that's Kyrie answers, and he's a, not an odd duck. He's who
1: he is. That's, well, it's his situation with Boston. I mean, that's his, right, exactly. That's the, that's the deal.
2: And he's not he's he's been quick to throw retorts back when fans scream stuff at him. So.
1: Hey, we got to go. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. If you missed the program, Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, you can go and podcast Balloon Party at your leisure. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Lil Tex and Hot Love. That's right, on 101 ESPN.
0: You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Peloton, let's go.